Hi, this is Candace Crane, General Manager with Sheridan Hahn and Power Sports. And this is I Want to Do That, Women Helping Women Explore the Outdoors. This episode is brought to you by Can-Am. And today we are talking about something near and dear to my heart, hunting. Yes. And I have Mallory Smith here with me today to be talking about hunting. And Mallory is actually a team member at Sheridan Hahn and Power Sports. And we were talking about this the other day that we have um, five women that work for us, right? Yeah. Yes. And all five of us, including Anita. Yeah are hunters yes so it's kind of exciting it's very exciting yeah so talking about hunting so mallory you're not from here not originally no okay you've been living here in wyoming for how long it'll be two years this spring okay and yep. you are from i'm originally from colorado grew up on the eastern plains and then i moved to laramie for college lived there for a couple years and then we moved up here a couple springs ago so. okay so you've been hunting for how long uh i started hunting in high school it wasn't really like a thing we did every fall but i would say that's when i got started well what okay so like what <laughs> just one day you were like all right i'm a junior in high school or whatever yeah. deciding that i just want to start hunting or what like what was the what was the motivation to get started uh basically so i was like okay yeah i'm cool i lift weights all the time oh okay. cool i lift weights okay. <laughs> okay, I'm a yeah. player. let's yeah. go kill a deer okay now you <laughs> did your family is your is your family hunters yes so my older brother hunted and my stepdad is actually an avid hunter he would go on these big elk trips stay in camp for weeks on end and wow. my older brother and i heard all these stories and logan was like my older brother was like i want to do that Okay, so, so you didn't necessarily, you weren't from a child, like, indoctrinated no, we, into the hunting culture. You, a person came into your life as a step-parent. Yep. He was very involved in it yep. in, in terms of the, the the sport, and you heard about that, and yeah. and you you and your brother were like, dang, I want, I want to do that. Yeah, we, we grew up raising cattle and sheep and hogs and more of the livestock side of things, and then our stepdad came into our lives and showed us this whole other thing i mean we knew people that hunted i had really good childhood a childhood friends who hunted and we saw it obviously but it wasn't really a part of our lives sure until my stepdad came around and um do you, so do you remember like what it was specifically that you thought man i really i want to do that like i know what it was for me but what was it what was it for you i want to kill a bigger deer than my brother oh competitive <laughs> yeah. okay nice yeah nice. okay my, my brother's doing this i can do I it better do this. okay i like it i like it okay so you're in high school you decide that you want to that you want to do this so what what happened how did you how did you actually get into it how did you learn my stepdad started us um just range shooting he took us to some game and fish field days actually the first time i ever shot a shotgun i was like 12 i was this little tiny thing and he was like, here, shoot this shotgun. And I was like, okay. Picked it up in this giant 12 gauge, just oh, blew my no. shoulder out. Oh, no. And I bawled. My stepdad was like, it's okay. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> like, were you more, do you remember, were you more freaked out or did it like legitimately hurt? No, it, it just took... scared me. Oh, okay. So my stepdad started us taking us to the game and fish field days, introducing us to weapons. And then, uh, I think I was 13. I finally took my hunter safety, um, went through all of that training with one of my cousins, just slow and steady, and then finally put in for tags and actually drew one year. And then got it going. Now, yeah. have you been hunting your entire adult life or did you start and then stop and then pick it up again? Uh, when I moved to 
college i stopped hunting i didn't hunt at all i didn't have the resources to do so okay i lived four hours away from home it wasn't really worth it for me to drive home for a couple days to go hunting and then drive back to college and whatnot so i took kind of a break and then i met my now husband and his family are avid hunters huge hunters huge hunters and so the fall that we started dating was kind of my reintroduction into hunting um he took me to meet the family at hunting camp that year. Uh, we went deer hunting and I saw like a totally different side of hunting that I'd never seen before. So that was really cool. And now ever since we've been together every fall, it's family hunting camp. His dad's up here for a month. We spend all of October hunting, most of September hunting. And it's just what we do. It's, it's your new tradition now. Yeah. So how do you see this um, sport and, and hobby being a part of your life as you, you know, continue on, right? So as you have kids and as you just plant more roots, like, is this something that you, I know that your husband's going to want to continue yes. to do it in his family, but is this something that you're going to want to continue to do? Like what, like, what is it for you that you're like, I want to make this a part of my, of my life? So my whole life growing up, we raised cattle. So that was our source of protein. We didn't have to buy food, but buy meat and protein from the grocery store. Now I'm no longer raising cattle. So I don't have that. So this is how we provide for our family. So if we don't kill an elk or a deer or whatever that year, we don't have meat in the freezer. Okay. I refuse to buy meat from Walmart. Yeah. That's yeah. just how I am. Sure. So that's just how we provide for our family. So whether I decide that it's something I want to do continuing on or not, or if it's just something Austin will do, it's always going to be the way to put meat in the freezer. And that's an excellent way to look at it. I, yes. I appreciate that a lot. So we've got women listening that are thinking about doing this, but have never done it. And I know I just had my first hunting season. So I'm very, very, very new to hunting. Um, so let's talk about what is required to get started. So the first step is hunter safety. Hunter safety. You have to have your hunter safety to hunt in the state of Wyoming. Now, other states are different. So Arizona, you don't have to have a hunter safety. Oh, Austin's mom that. doesn't have a hunter safety, so she can't hunt here. Because she doesn't have her hunter she's, safety. Yeah. I got my hunter safety in Colorado, um, which means I can hunt in any state. It doesn't, it's not state specific. So it's like a driver's license. If you have sure. a driver's license from any state, you're clear to hunt in it or drive in any state. Same with the hunter safety. And I will say, though, even if it's not required in the state, I was just telling a, a girlfriend of mine in Wisconsin who's never hunted and doesn't have the desire to hunt but she has young kids and I was yeah. encouraging her to consider enrolling her children yes. in hunter safety when they become eligible because going through hunter safety at, you know, in my early forties, I just, I learned so much, not only about, um, how to handle weapons safely, yes. but it was also just about ecology and yep. animals and the land and how to be a responsible hunter and yes. just how to be responsible in the outdoors. How to harvest animals How to ethically. harvest animals, yes, yeah. yes. Even if you're not going to hunt, you're just going to be a gun owner, I would still take hunter safety. Yes, Or I some sort of gun safety class. Just the basics that you wouldn't think of like, oh, I have a shotgun in my house. Well, don't just leave the shotgun sitting in the corner exactly. with a bullet. I mean, just simple things that even if you're not going to hunt, I would still take hunter safety. The other thing that I, um, that I experienced at hunter safety were there was quite a few, there was probably 40% women in, yeah. in my, in my particular hunter safety class that I took here in Wyoming. And I thought it was really interesting because, um, during all of the breaks, 
the guys would just leave the room and, you know, get on their cell phones or whatever. Yeah. Take their breaks. But during those breaks, the women would go up to the instructors and, and we they want to learn. Yes. We yeah. all wanted to learn. We all wanted to hold the, the, um, the weapons that they had there. They were training weapons. So they right. obviously weren't fully loaded and whatnot, but we all wanted to understand, you know, what's the difference between these guns and, and right. how do you load them and how do you hold them and what does it feel like and what is the weight? And yeah. you don't always get an opportunity as a woman, especially if you're entering, um, you know, the space and you're not necessarily and you don't have people around exactly, you who have exactly. all of these yes, yes. resources that you can touch and feel. Yes. I mean, even, I mean, I think I took my hunter safety at 12 or 13. So a lot of it I've learned in real life now too, because it's been so long since I took the class, but I remember them teaching about what different scat looks like and what different yes. tracks look like. And just how to identify the difference yeah. between a mule deer and a whitetail right. or, you know, a what... female antelope versus a male antelope buck exactly. because a female antelope can actually grow prongs, grow horns, just like males can. So you have to identify the spot on their head and just so all you know what you can shoot things. and what you can't. Yeah. yeah. So hunter safety, step one, you can get to hunter safety through your state game and fish, yep. correct? Uh, so if you just go to the Game and Fish website and um, you can find the hunter safeties that are being held in your state. A lot of them are online nowadays, right? Didn't you take Correct. yours online? So mine was a hybrid. I could yeah. do the um, a lot of the educational stuff I could do online. It was a pretty significant commitment. I want to say it, it was probably about 20 hours worth of, mm -hmm. of online work. Um, and then once you complete that, you get a certificate to go into the actual um um, in-person class right. you have to take a shooting yes well we portion. didn't actually have to shoot but we had to um identify there were actual weapons there okay. that you had to identify as part of the um test that you had to, to pass so um yes you can at least in wyoming and i'm sure a lot of states you can you can break it up or there's you know partially online so step one is hunter safety yes okay so what's the next step so now we've got our our we're, we're hunter safety certified what would be the next step if um, we're trying to get into into hunting? I would say if you've never been on a hunt before, I would go shadow a hunt. Find somebody that will let you shadow a hunt or get into one of the programs uh, like you went to. Becoming a So I attended the Becoming an Outdoors Woman. Um, this particular one was Becoming a Wyoming Outdoors Woman. This is put on by Game and Fish, and it is a national program. It was actually started in Wisconsin. It's a national program. That's cool. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it was started in Wisconsin. It's a national program that um, almost every state has, and you don't have to be local to your state. So, like, we could sign up for the one in Montana or uh -huh. we could go to one in Colorado, even though we're living here in Wyoming. Um, typically, it's just, it's just a draw, like the regular um, uh, tags would be for hunting tags would be a draw. And um, in Wyoming, it's a it's a weekend and it's only women that they invite in and you get to select what classes you want to you want to take. And I, I selected a big game hunting class and I selected fly fishing. Um, but you can it, really it's teaching you how to be yeah. an outdoors woman. So how to all, be out. Yes. And, yeah. How to be out. You could do survival skills. You could do um, if you're less adventurous, you could do uh, bird watching. There was also like photography. So it was just a really good. Um, way for women to come together and learn a bit more about the outdoors. Yeah. And this is also put on by Game and Fish. That's awesome. So I would say start with your hunter safety, then either plugging yourself in with people in the community that would be willing to take you up hunting to experience or one of those programs that would take you up. Um, I would say those are the two most important places to start because you can say, I want to go hunting, 
but until you actually do the five mile hike um in there and then gutting and then packing out in the whole process you really don't you're not know sure. you're not if sure. that's actually something you want to do correct that's that's totally true and yes. i would say then once you make the decision like yes this is actually something i want to do i would look at the units around you uh what tags you can put in for if there's just general hunts and decide what you want to hunt so luckily here we're very blessed with hunting units we have general deer unit that completely surrounds us mm -hmm. we have a general elk unit and then antelope i think you have to put in for every unit but we've drawn every year that we've lived here so there's lots of options for big game hunting so this is something i know i spent a lot of time talking to you and to the other hunters that we have at work about because i had so many questions because i knew absolutely nothing i just heard about elk hunting and, yeah. when, and when i began to hear stories about elk hunting it became clear to me how different it was than the than the deer hunting that i was used to hearing about in the midwest yeah so i was used to hearing about the midwest is mainly men that i knew would go out um around thanksgiving sit in a tree and stand, sit in a tree stand <laughs> or a blind and they would have a lot of guy time together which yep. i thought was really cool and i was very <laughs> envious of it and honestly that was partly I think the reason why I didn't get involved because it felt very intimidating, right? Yeah. Like I would be the only woman. This is woman. a man's man yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's, there's no female cousins going. There's no yeah. there's no wives going. There's yeah. no mothers going. There's no aunts going. It's just a whole bunch of dudes. Yeah. And, and, you know, they have this camaraderie together and they go to their deer camp and they have all their dinners and stuff set up. And it, and it sounded like that part of it sounded cool, but I didn't really have a desire to crawl up into a tree in the middle of the night yeah. and you know, wait for something to walk by in order for me to shoot it. Like right. that just, I didn't have a burning desire to do that. But when I started to hear about elk hunting here in the mountain West, um, and it's not just in the mountain West, but with elk hunting, you are hiking and yeah. you are seeking out these animals yes. and it's you, there is a lot more strategy involved. You're in their element. Yes. You have to be one with the elk yes. to find the elk. Yes. And you're not just waiting. I mean, part of it is waiting for something to walk up on you, but that something isn't going to walk up on you if you're not in the right spot. Correct. So it's you have not to like sitting yes. in a cornfield where you know the deer are yes. every night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Like you said, you, you are in their element and you have to really understand the terrain and the land and the wind yes. and the animal and you have to know yourself and what you're capable of doing and how far you're able to go in order to seek these animals out. Yeah. So and even then, they're, you know, even if you get close to them, I, I decided to do archery hunting, which means you really have to be yeah. strategic about um, how close you can get to them because you can't just take a shot at 300 yards, right? right? You, you, right. You're, I mean, for me, my max is going to be about 30 yards. So I have to get within 30 yards of this animal to be able to have a shot at harvesting it. So it just was a completely different experience. So when you, when you, when you moved here, um, were you like, yes, I just want to do all of it. Or like, what was your, I know that you and your, and your now husband were kind of learning together because neither one of you were from Wyoming. Right. Yeah. So the first season that we hunted in Wyoming, we were just dating and he only had tags. So that was really my shadow season. I just went around. I had, I think I had a cow tag, but just in case we saw elk and I could shoot one relatively close, but I wasn't going to be able to shoot anything past 150, 200 yards because I hadn't shot a rifle in however long it had been. And so that was my shadow season. What is hunting in Wyoming like? Because hunting in Colorado, where I'm from, is a 
totally different. It's private land hunting on a ranch. Um, my mule deer that I shot, it wasn't a super far shot. It wasn't like we had some giant stock to find him. He, We knew he was there. It was just totally different. So yeah. when I moved to Wyoming, I really started to get a grasp on state, national forest, and private land. So I state land, national forest land, and then private land. Yeah. Which are the different ways, the different land that, that you, you have to explore to yes. be able to uh, stalk and seek your animal. Yeah. I mean, we had state land leases for cattle, but I didn't think anything about hunting on them. So state land, anybody can have access to all year round. You just can't camp on it. National forest land, you have access to all year round um, and you can camp on. So we learned and then private land and then private land you, you can't, can't don't, you can't, don't, don't, don't go look at it, it. <laughs> yeah. know where the private land is and don't go on yeah. It. yeah so my first fall hunting with austin and his family was purely learning about okay no we can't camp here we can camp here we can shoot these deer here don't even look at those deer because if you get too close to private land and you shoot and then they go into the private land then you have to go ask you the still have to get landowners and sometimes permission. they're going to tell you no thanks for the dead deer though we yeah. really appreciate yeah. it yeah so you have to be cognizant of that as well yes and where we were hunting that year was on in southern wyoming so we were right on the colorado border so then oh. you had to be aware of where <laughs> state next borders state is. were yeah, and yeah. so that was a pure learning year for me then that fall we went on a whitetail hunt in texas and that was you just sit in a blind and wait yeah. for the deer to walk by which was super cool um i got to make memories with my own brother that year which was awesome but then last fall was my first elk hunt it was and you drew the Premier tag. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's when I met you. Is yeah. everyone was talking about this new gal that works for us that has the premier tag, and at the time your yeah. boyfriend had not drawn it. And no, he was so mad. You guys both put in, and he did not draw it. Yeah. You drew it. I and did. So I keep hearing about this woman that's got this premier tag, and so you guys spent a lot of time in mm. that unit over the summer. We did. We lived on the mountain on the weekends. We would work. Tuesday through Saturday, go live on the mountain, Sunday, Monday, hike around, find the elk, find sign of elk. I don't think we saw any elk actually all summer long. Because we we in Wyoming find out if our if we drew in about June, I June, think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then our hunting season for rifle, because you were doing rifle, yep. opened in mid October. October. So you had a few months to really yeah learn the area and, and learn that particular unit because yes. of course you didn't you were new to the town and yeah here, we so had never know. spent five minutes in these mountains until we moved here and so all summer long after because we had moved here that spring we spent all summer preparing for our tags and we hiked and hiked and hiked <laughs> we spent so much time hiking um and when when you're hiking and you're and you're exploring this area are you, you're looking for the animals, but obviously there's no guarantee that they're going to be there right. when you are hunting. So is it more of just to like understanding the terrain and yep. where the borders are and where the animal are likely to be based yeah. on water sources? And I mean, looking for game trails and scat and rakes and just sign that they've been there within the last couple of months. Like, were they here in the winter? 
were they here in the summer? Are they higher right now? Are they lower right now? Is there any fresh tracks? Uh, we know a couple of buddies that hunt in the same kind of area that we were in last year. And we're like, hey, could you give us any tips? No, sorry. But if oh. you see game cams down there, those are ours. Don't touch them. Oh, wow. Helpful. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, some of our closer friends, friends, uh, we camped in. They kind of gave us a general idea, but they didn't want to give away their secrets. Obviously, nobody does. Sure. Um, so we spent a lot of daytime hiking because when it came down to morning, opening morning, you're going in there in the dark. Yes. So you want to know where you want to feel comfortable yes. with that space when you're when you're walking in in the dark. And I remember yes. you telling me that when you went in that opening morning, the terrain looked the same, but there was something very different that you weren't expecting that mm. opening morning. Well, we actually took a different trail in than any of the trails we had ever taken before. Okay. So that was one of the trails where the guys were like, just take this trail in. It'll put you right there. And we're like, okay. So the shortcuts, the, the shortcuts that everybody tells you, the secrets that everyone tries to share. Yes. It was not a shortcut. <laughs> we ended up <laughs> bouldering over this giant cliff face that had like washed out. And so that was super scary. And we got down into the valley where we were planning to elk hunt that morning. And the coolest thing about that morning is I saw the biggest moose I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> we were sitting there trying to find elk. We see this giant moose and we're like, okay. We're hearing a few beagles through the canyon. And we just mosey along and the sun's coming up. So on the one hillside, the sun is starting to hit and there's just orange spots popping up everywhere and that like other hunters other and, hunters, and yeah. that story really stuck with me because it, it's just so crazy how you can do so much yes. work right yes. you put in all of this time on the mountain and camping and hiking and yeah. exploring and you know becoming one with the animal to really figure out how they're moving yeah and we had and saw you're prepared and yeah we, and, and then the sun comes up and opening day and it's devastating there's just other people around everywhere and that's yeah. obviously not something that you can control and and you even had that particular year that was a premier unit that's a yeah. unit where it's a really high success rate meaning there's not a lot of tags that are right. that are issued but there's a, a strong concentration of animals. So you yeah. have a high success rate. Yeah. I mean, we had seen elk in there the night before. So I was going in, we're going to find these bulls. I'm going to tag out first day. And then we get in there and there's people everywhere. I'm cold. We just hiked across these giant boulders. I'm devastated. I'm like, I'd kill anything at this point. Cause it was an either tag to start with. So I could kill a bull or a cow. And then after a certain date, it turned to cow only. So it was crunch time that if I wanted to kill a bull, yeah. you only, I think I only had two weekends to do so. Yeah. So we're in this canyon and I was devastated. <laughs> I actually ended up taking a shot at a bull and completely missing. We ranged him wrong and I was, I was defeated. I was like, get me out of this canyon. I want to go home. So after all this work, you're like, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. So you, I think from what I remember, you took a, you took a break that day. Yeah. Right? We took a nap, got out of the canyon. Well, the bull I shot at and missed actually moseyed off into the trees and another hunter followed him in. Somebody else shot him. I don't know if they ended up killing him, mm. but we just, we went back to camp. I think we only had the one day to hunt because I think it opened on a Monday or something, but we went back to camp. We regrouped. We took the week to reevaluate what we wanted to do. 
And then the next weekend, we took a new approach, went into a canyon that we'd never been in before. We were like, we spent the whole summer looking at this one spot and that blew up in our faces. So let's try something else. Let's try something else. I mean, why not? We got a couple days to do it. And that morning, it was an early, cold morning, crossing creeks, navigating trails we'd never been down before. We saw a lot of elk. A couple really big bulls that we couldn't get to come to us because at that point they were out of the rut, so they didn't really care about cows. They're just moseying their way on down the mountain. The rut is when the animals are mating, and they if you can duplicate the sound of them mating, you can draw them in closer. Yes, exactly. And um, so at this point they were just in migration, so they just wanted to get down the mountain. The cold was coming. Luckily, last year we didn't have an early snowstorm like we had this year. This year, it's totally different than what we hunted last year because the snow has hit so much weather. Yes, you can prepare, then the weather will throw you a curveball too. So we're we got like three miles into this canyon. We've seen a couple bulls, and Austin, my husband, was like, "Shh, get down!" I was like, "What?" He's like, "Get down!" So we're like army crawling over this hill and you haven't seen i haven't seen anything i'm like what are you doing (laughs) we gotta get to the elk he's like get down (laughs) so we're like crawling up this hill and he goes okay you're gonna stand up and you're gonna shoot i was like shoot what (laughs) because he's so much taller than i am he can like peek over hills so he saw something he saw something i couldn't see because i'm way shorter than him so i stand up and there's this group of what we would call bachelor bulls. So they're smaller um, raghorn or spike bulls that are hanging out with the cows because they don't really know they're quite mature yet. <laughs> yeah. So there's this group of bachelor bulls right into this cut. So I stand up and Austin's the rifle we were shooting with is what I thought was too heavy for me to hold by myself and shoot freehand. Well, this year I proved myself wrong and I actually shot nice, it handed nice. But um so at the I, time you thought you weren't able to. At the time I thought I wasn't able to. So hunting is totally about blowing your own expectations. And your confidence, that's right. And gaining confidence. So Austin stands up, holds his hand out to hold the rifle for me and plugs his ear. And I stand up and I shoot a bull, drop him in the first shot. And he was only at like 60, 65 yards. So um, drop him. All the other bulls run away. And Austin goes, that was the biggest one in the group. <laughs> he wanted me to shoot this spike that w- didn't even have any extra points on him. But I just started bawling. I was like, oh, my And God. you were crying just from what, would you say? Exhaustion, relief, adrenaline. I mean, we had put in so many hours of yeah. camping and hiking. And I, at this point didn't think I was going to get it done. I was like, find me a cow, I'll shoot a cow, and let's get out of here because I'm so done. I didn't think I was going to leave with a bull. Yeah. So it was just, I blew myself away. I didn't think that was something that I could ever do. And so we got the bull cleaned up. We got him packed out. Luckily, Thankfully, Austin's dad was there, so he came down and helped us pack it out. But, I mean, I one never thought I would be able to hike in three miles somewhere to do it yeah kill a bull and yeah. then pack it out with yeah. the help of two guys i mean yeah. it is that's just, a lot of weight that's a lot of weight that everybody's yeah. having to carry because you guys took it out in one one trip. one trip one trip so yeah. i think the guys had 
the quarters. I had all of the extra meat and all of their supplies because they had to completely empty their packs to put the weight, the, the meat, meat in, in there. So I had so you're all talking of their about stuff. probably 50, 60 pounds on your back. At least. Think. And then yeah. the head. Right. I was dead set that I wanted the whole head. <laughs> also so mad at me. But I mean, it. I raised cattle my whole life and it was sad. This pet that you raised basically is going to butcher for me to go on your table. Mm -hmm. But this was something totally different. I put my blood, sweat, and tears to the cattle that I raised, but this was hard labor, pure yeah. exhaustion yeah. that I had never experienced before. Yeah. And just the relief that I tagged out and I did this. Yeah. Is yeah. is it got really you back comparable. again the next year. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Well, it, I look forward to experiencing that. I I was not successful on my my first year, but I can I can attest to just the fatigue. Even yeah. for me, just doing it, you know, three weekends this year, um, just the the fatigue of even just the camping alone. Well, you and know? you were in a totally different unit than I was. I mean, I was very lucky that I drew that tag, and I had many men at the shop tell me. I've been putting in that tag for, for years. years. That's yeah. not fair. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know how I got to be the lucky one, but that's what it is. Luck of the draw. And unfortunately this year for you and Austin hunting this year, you're in a general unit and you're chasing other hunters yes, correct. to the There's animals. a lot of basically. hunters around. Yeah. But, uh, but, it, but it does get you thinking about, okay, how can I be more prepared? Yeah. Next strategy. Year? And part of the preparation is just spending time in the mountain. And it that's really part is. of why I love the sport yeah. because you know, being outdoors and, and just like you said, becoming one with that animal yes. and really understanding their patterns and, and, and how they move and why they move and what they're eating and where the water is for them, yeah. how they're grouping together and, and what the different elevation is and what that means for them different during time or during different times of year. Um, it, it, it really, it's a lot of work and it's it a lot is. of strategy. And, and yeah. I think, um, yeah, so I know we got a little bit off track of that, <laughs> but I totally wanted to hear that story again. Cause I, I, I love it. Um, so for women that are, are getting started, we've got hunter safety, we've got yes. shadowing and, and talking to other women. Just, I know I asked you a ton of questions and, and learned about your yeah. experience. That I mean, I'm me. still learning every day. There's things that I find that I'm like, Austin, tell me about this. I mean, I don't even know a quarter of what Austin knows because he's been doing it so long, but sure. it's just a constant learning curve. Yes. Just when I feel like I'm getting something figured out. You're like, hey, Mallory, let's take on archery hunting. And now here I am picking up a bow and I've never shot a compound bow in my life. Yeah. And just continuing to challenge yourself. And uh, it's really exciting. There's always something new. There's always, something. always people willing to help you. There's always bigger mountains to climb, longer hikes to take, bigger yep. goals to find. And yep. it's super exciting. Now, I know I asked you a ton of questions about gear because I we're, we're about <laughs> the same size. So I was like, hey, what do you do for this? What do you do for that? What do you do for this? So let's talk about gear. I know for me, my my first season, I purchased a pack. Yep. I purchased um, some really nice uh, hiking boots or, yep. or um, I guess I would call them like three season boot yeah. that are um, really high up on the ankle yes. to help with that mountainous terrain. Um, and then I I made the investment in some, some clothing, some technical clothing yes. that will allow me to not be miserably cold and wet all the time. Cause it's I am, important. yeah, I am, I love the outdoors, but I am kind of a baby when it comes to, if I'm not warm enough, I don't want to be there. Well, so and wet feet, you're done. If agreed. you have wet feet, you're not making it in and out. 
So I would say boots are number one. So and get some good boots, okay? I have experience in wearing horrible hiking boots and I still haven't invested in new ones and I've regretted it. I've spent all hunting season in tennis shoes. Yeah, you're crazy. Because she literally has blood on her tennis shoes yeah. right now that she's got. <laughs> she's got. Yeah, you're you're crazy. I would not do that. But, but yesterday yes, we agree. were deer hunting and I had wet feet and I was like, I'm not getting out of the side by side because my feet are wet. Yeah. And so shoes are important. So boots for sure. And your gear too, because if you're hiking, you don't want to have 90 layers on. So once you get moving, then you have to peel all your layers off and then you stop and you get cold and put all your layers back on. So you want breathable layers so that no cotton, yeah. more technical fabrics. Yes. That um, when you're moving, you can sweat, but you can stay cool. Correct. And then when you stop, you'll warm back up because it's really annoying taking. And I found too, just little things like having a hood on yes. a lighter jacket makes a yes. big difference because when you t pop that hood on versus taking it off, it really can help you regulate your temperature yeah. versus thinking about like maybe investing in a bigger jacket. Like if you just get a nice technical, um, like outer layer yeah. that has a hood on it, that I that found it's go. really annoying. A lot of women's hunting brands don't put hoods on things. Oh, They're really? all collared. So I always have a beanie with me. Okay. Always have your, have your hat. Yeah. None of my, gear has a hood okay now what about a pack do you i know i invested in a mystery ranch pack is that something that you think you have to have if you're starting out i would say it's not worth i mean it's worth it if you're packing out quarters yes you want a pack frame but there's a lot of resources for used items if you don't necessarily have the budget to buy new or just like a general backpack to put your if you're not hiking out meat day packs are just, just a day fine. pack to be able yeah. to put your layers and yeah. your safety stuff in i have well. a hand-me-down from my husband day pack it doesn't fit me the best it's not the most comfortable but um it works for day packs i could never hike out a quarter with it but um if you want to make the investment invest in a pack frame don't invest in a day pack and i will just say if you're going to invest in a pack frame go to a store that will size you yes for it. so yeah. i went to shields in Montana and got sized for yeah. my frame. And um, it was an amazing experience. Like they literally fitted it specifically to my back. They showed me yes. how to use it because it can seem, those types of packs can seem very intimidating. I, I've backpacked before. I'm a pretty avid outdoors woman. But looking at that type of a pack, I was like, oh man, like I'm not even sure I understand <laughs> what all of these, you know, things do here. So all the features in the yeah. pack. You, Because you want the weight to carry on your hips. You don't want Correct. any pressure on your shoulders. So that's where it comes important that if it's too long, then it's not going to sit on your hips. And all of that weight is going to be dragging your shoulders down. And if you're carrying out 80 pounds of meat, you're not making you're it You're not going to make it very far. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So boots for sure, some technical layers, yep. and then potentially a pack. Um, and then obviously determining what type of hunting you want to do. Yeah. I've, I'm only archery right now. Yeah. You are only rifle right now, but I think both of us are considering yeah. moving towards, um, looking at both options. So, um, but again, those resources are available either new or used yes. depending yeah. on what type of hunt that you want to do. Um, I mean, and then you can get as technical down to what gun you're going to shoot, what kind of bow you're going to shoot all of yeah. that, because there's a lot of rifle calibers that won't kill an elk like i really wanted a 270 but it's not i mean it could kill an elk but we shoot a 7 mag because it's going to kill an elk versus like a 270 could kill a deer i mean there's all sorts same of same thing on the archery side yeah. depending on how much weight you're pulling back i know i spent the entire last season summer season um, working on pulling back more weight so yeah. that i had 
I had at least 50 pounds pulled back so that I was clear to hunt elk, but I don't need that much if I'm going to go deer. So it's different broadheads. It's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So many. So you can get, you can go down that rabbit hole. I would say from my experience as a new hunter, I was just like, give me the basics. Like what, like, I don't, I don't want to know everything right now because it seems a little bit too overwhelming. Like what are, where do I need to be? Like, I know I want to shoot with an, with a bow. What do I need to be pulling back? What type of um, broadheads do you recommend? And then boom, I'm done. Yes. Like, I don't want to go down. Now, some people may want to go down that rabbit hole and learn all of the technical components of everything. But to me, that just seemed really overwhelming. It can be a lot. It can be a lot. And yeah. I think it's something that you're going to learn over time as well. Like yes. what I learned, what I know now versus what I learned, what I knew a year ago is significantly yeah. different. So don't feel like you have to have all of the knowledge oh, no. to, to get started. And just find a good mentor. Yes. Even if it's just a friend or I mean a coworker, just somebody that you can say, Hey, I want to go antelope hunting. We live in Sheridan. What unit should I put in for? Cause there's units all the way over the mountain, but there's animals don't live on top of the mountain. So right. you don't want to put in for that unit. Just learning with somebody or somebody that's willing to help you. And not- just being able to something that you can ask questions. To, yes. Right. I know. Yeah. I know I've done that for you and I've done that to the other women that, that we work with because they, like I said, they all hunt and they all have very different experiences yes. hunting. Yeah. So, um, and, and hunting in different places and hunting for different types of animals and, um, and, and, you know, different number of years hunting. So it's just like feeling, having people that you can go to, to just ask questions. Yes. You, you learn, you know, a lot that way. So, and there's a lot of hunters on Facebook and stuff like professional women hunters that, do their vlogs and Instagrams and whatnot. And they're very knowledgeable too. I mean, I'm sure they don't share half their secrets on there, but just watching professionals do it, just their technique and things like that can be very helpful too. So what's your, in closing, what's your advice for women that are listening to this thinking, man, I really want to do that, but I am nervous about this, or I don't know how to get started on this. Like what, what final piece of advice do you have for, women that are thinking about hunting don't be intimidated it can be very intimidating and i don't know how many mental breakdowns i've had thinking that (laughs) i can't do this this is something i want to do but i can't do it you can do it just bear down stick with yourself you can do it and if we get emotional it's okay too i i i know i was telling my boyfriend like if we if we are successful whether it's me or you i'm probably gonna cry i'm not necessarily like that big of a like spontaneous crier but i know myself and i know that i'm going to become overwhelmed by yeah. the emotion yes of you know an animal giving its life for me um for the the, the meat that it provides and yes. the food that it provides and just the experience of like you said all of that hard work coming to fruition yeah. and just the fatigue the general fatigue and tiredness and your muscles hurt and your body aches yeah. and if you're camping you probably aren't sleeping no. and you know all the work and preparation that you've put in like yeah. it it can feel very overwhelming yes. so it's okay if yeah. we but don't doubt yourself you're going yeah. to doubt yourself yeah but you can do it. it at the end of the day whether it's this year next year the year after however many tags you don't tag out for eventually it will happen that's right that's right well i appreciate you sharing your knowledge and thank you to Can-Am for sponsoring. Thanks.